This podcast is sponsored by ebookit.com, self-publishing solutions for the independent author and small press. Visit us today at ebookit.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Levesque. Ryan, speaking is much more enjoyable than being punched in the face. I think that everyone would likely agree with that profound statement, but our guest today can attest to it from personal experience. Ryan, who are we speaking with today? Our guest today is Jessica Roper. Jess took up kickboxing when she was 19 years old. A decade later, she has a second degree black belt in kickboxing and is a two-time English kickboxing champion. Jess is a member of the Sussex Online Speakers Club in England. She gave her icebreaker in March of 2021. So I guess she's probably celebrating her one-year anniversary as a Toastmaster, I imagine. And she placed second at the area level in both the Table Topics and Humorous Speech Contests. Jess also hosts a local radio show called The Champion's Corner. Joining us from approximately 50 miles from London in a small village outside the coastal town of Hastings, welcome Jess Roper. Hello, everybody. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. Welcome, Jess, and congratulations, a two-time English kickboxing champion. Amazing. (laughs) It's, It's quite an achievement. It is one that I am most proud of. It took a lot of hard work, as you can imagine. And yes, a few punches in the face along the way. <laughs> when I read that, I pretty uh, just about snorted the coffee out through my, my nose. <laughs> you took up kickboxing at the age of 19 in no less a male-dominated sport. How did this get all started? I was the only female in my club, actually. And I began because I wanted to improve my fitness. So I was incapable of doing even one press up or push up for people (laughs) listening from around the world, as the two terms can be used interchangeably. So I was weak, I guess. And I wanted something to be able to improve not just my physical health, but my confidence too. And little did I know that kickboxing was going to be the catalyst to completely transform my life. I wanted to begin when I was younger, but I had the very common, so it seems, fear that I wouldn't be good enough, fear that I wasn't fit enough to begin. So I get a lot of women coming to me now and they say, oh, I'm not fit enough to do kickboxing, to which I say, how will you get fit unless you start? I'm assuming it's the same with Toastmasters and people put off joining a club and practicing their public speaking because they're afraid to make a fool of themselves or afraid that they won't be good enough and people will judge them. But it's about finding that environment where you can get that support to progress towards your goals. I mean, obviously you persevered and I'm not sure whether it was in the article or one in in one of the great interviews I listened to you doing, but it mentioned that you had lost five matches in a row, but yet you still persevered. So obviously, right off the bat, you were building confidence. Yes, it took quite a long time. I wasn't a natural fighter. And through those losses, I remember my coach pulling me aside and telling me, you might not be a natural fighter, but you are a natural coach persevere through these tough times and it will forever remain part of your story. So I'm so glad that I had his support and his encouragement 
and it helped me remain resilient because it was so tough it's hard enough to train to fight let alone to train to fight to then lose and then lose again and think I will win the next one to get yet another loss it pushed me to become more determined and having that support around me it just made me give everything until I finally began to win and that was the missing piece of the puzzle so to speak the confidence the belief in myself so I was always fighting that voice inside my head the voice screaming I'm not fit enough I'm not fit enough to win I'm not good enough to win so instead of just fight facing an opponent I was facing myself too it was only when I began to believe in myself that I managed to become a champion sounds like a rocky movie (laughs) maybe 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 my life story is my version of rocky (laughs) yo jessica (laughs) jess you referred a few moments ago to kickboxing as the catalyst for a total transformation in your life and i wonder if you could maybe contrast for us a bit Jessica Roper pre-kickboxing and Jessica Roper today. Can you give us a little bit more insight to help us understand how you've grown and how kickboxing has helped you to do that? I'm going to give some backstory into my childhood. But anyway, so I grew up with both of my parents addicted to heroin, becoming alcoholics later in life. There were struggles along the way. Luckily, I went to a good school and I had good friends and everything on the outside seemed okay. I was academic. I was predicted A star in maths and science. And my key to success was to go to university, I guess, until it all became too much. I ended up with a fear of judgment and social anxiety, and I became incapable of being able to go to school. I was terrified my friends would find out that I was not like them, that I was not as good as them, that they would judge me on who my parents were because obviously I saw their parents, I saw their lifestyle and I wanted that and I thought they would disown me if I was honest with them. So I kept it hidden, secret within myself and I struggled with that for many years, pretty much all of my younger years in life. So I avoided school. So I didn't get the qualifications that I thought was my key to success. And then kickboxing gave me the opportunity to begin right at the beginning without any expectation, without any pressure. So unlike the majority of champion stories, I didn't walk into the gym saying, I'm going to be a fighter. I'm going to be a champion. I very nervously walked into the gym saying, I just want to be able to do one press up. I just want to be able to survive this session and overcome the struggle. And then it was from there that I began to build my self-esteem. And I would say I'm still 10 years on building it now. And Toastmasters is a massive part of that. So moving from fighting into public speaking, I think they're very similar. But as I've already mentioned earlier on in the podcast, speaking is a much more positive outlet and you don't have to get punched in the face. And I I think if I hadn't have fought and overcome 
well, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying to know you're going to have to walk to a ring and fight another person who wants to knock you out. So fight or flight at the extreme. But speaking's the same because we have that fear of rejection, that fear of judgment. And we're scared to walk on stage to an unknown audience and be judged negatively. So I think fighting has set me up to be able to speak on the stages that is now my ambition. Obviously, Toastmasters is an important part, and we're certainly going to get into that. But I'm just, I was thinking back when you spoke about your parents. Obviously, you've developed a really good relationship with your mum. Obviously, she didn't like the idea of you taking up kickboxing, let alone at a young age, but yet now she's one of her biggest supporters and one of your students. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So that was another another part of the story with the, oh, I'm not sure I'll be good enough to do this. I got offered a class to coach kickboxing in the gym and I asked my mum if she would join me because I was nervous. I was like, mum, will you please come for me? Please come and support me in my coaching. And she didn't really want to do it. She tried to make the excuses of, oh, I'm too old. Oh, I can't do that. She couldn't even kick above my knee. But she began at the age of 52 because I asked her to. I asked her to join me and she's been doing it ever since. So she was consistent with training in the gym. And then when lockdown hit and I took my coaching online, she joined me with that. And she's been at every class for the last couple of years. And it's been incredible, really, because it's completely transforming her life too. That's fantastic. And in fact, your mother is also quoted in the article, which is great. She also came on stage with me in March 2020. So just before the lockdown hit, I was speaking at a International Women's Day event. And very similar to the kickboxing class, I was a little bit nervous. It was my first time on stage. And I had a 10 minute presentation planned. And they came to me with about five minutes notice to let me know that it was going to be five minutes instead of 10. So guess what? I asked my mum if she would come on stage with me. And I got her up there and I shared her story about how she got into kickboxing. And I asked her to demonstrate a few techniques. And that was my beginning to I want to speak on stages which I didn't realize was going to take me online and take me to Toastmasters. An amazing, heartwarming and very surprising story, I'm sure, for many. (laughs) Mm. And just how did you find Toastmasters and why did you decide to join? I knew of Toastmasters. I'd heard about it before and I had the idea that perhaps it would be for me, but also I had a little bit of doubt, like, do I need Toastmasters? Do I want to dedicate to Toastmasters? I had a very clear vision that I want to speak on stages globally. And that is what I'm working towards. I want to be able to use my speaking as well as my coaching and everything that I do to take me to events around the world, to use it to connect with people, to promote health, well-being and personal development. But it was in one of the multiple lockdowns we had, I connected with a lady who is part of the local district, uh, District 91. And she connected me with somebody, Amy, who is one of the founders of Sussex Online Speakers, because she thought that Amy would benefit from my kickboxing and that I would benefit from being a member of Sussex Online Speakers. 
And she was correct. Since that introduction was made, we have both mentored each other. Amy is my Toastmasters mentor, and I am her kickboxing coach online through Fighting Fit Together. Mutual mentorship. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, it works really well. And it's been just over a year now that we've been working together. And it's throughout this time that it's been unfolding that I begin to realize how amazing Toastmasters is and how much opportunity there is, not just in the public speaking, but in the leadership too. So when I first began, I was like, I want to be a champion. I want to speak and I only want to focus on that. And that's my goal. But actually, my weakness is the leadership side, so to speak. My background isn't in business or organization. And going self-employed with the confidence of a champion, I was like, I'm good at what I, I'm good at what I do. I know I'll be able to succeed. And I have that confidence now. I have that belief in myself, but I still need to improve the skills to make it happen. Just like you can't believe yourself to be a kickboxing champion without getting out there and doing the training. Yeah, that will come as you work the program. Absolutely. Now, you started off your Toastmasters, like everyone does, with your icebreaker. It's entitled, Can Your Mom Kick You in the Head and Would She? Could you tell us a little bit about that? I'm sure that was eye-opening for a lot of people. Yes, I picked the title because I thought it would get people's attention and because I wanted the opportunity to share my mom's story because it's a big part of what I want to be able to share with people because yes I became a kickboxing champion and that's great but loads of people become champions at sport especially at a young age if they dedicate so from the age of 19 yes I was a little bit older than most some people dedicate from childhood but it's not that impressive I mean it is it's an achievement and I'm proud of it but the fact that my mum has overcome a lifetime of drugs and alcohol and began kickboxing at the age of 52 and now she's transformed her life and she's learning hypnotherapy I'm most proud of her more so than I am even myself and I think that's where the coaching element comes in or mentoring perhaps Because I don't want to just be the best I can be. I want to be the best I can be to help others become the best they can be. So that's why I am proud of my mum and like to use her story, not just my own. I think it's a huge accomplishment, honestly. I, I can't imagine how she did it. I know how tough kickboxing is at my age. I'm nearly 30 and it's it's hard work. And she does it and she's nearly 60. She's nearly double my age and she still does it with me. So it gets altered. So this is one of the other things I want to speak about in that people think kickboxing is high intensity, it's aggressive and they can't do it. Maybe perhaps at a certain age they think, oh, I could have done it when I was younger, but I'm too old now. Or back to the I'm not fit enough. All of these excuses holding people back so one of the missions I'm on with what I do is to make martial arts accessible for all to find ways of adapting it so that it fits in around people's lives including lockdowns including from around the world including around busy families and work commitments and that's why I think there is such a benefit to online for both the kickboxing or the public speaking. We can log on from anywhere and we can develop our skills with a global community. Wow. Jess, the article ends with a quote from you saying that you want to become a public speaking champion. 
And I wanted to ask you about that. I know, of course, that you're aspiring to become a motivational speaker. Is winning the world championship of public speaking at the international level, is that a goal that you're currently working towards? It was definitely my original Toastmasters goal. I came in and I thought, I want to compete. I want to be a champion. I'm now in a kind of process of working out, do I want to do that? Do I want to dedicate that much time and energy to becoming a Toastmasters champion? Because I've heard those champions. They are incredible. I will continue to develop my skills. I will continue to work through my pathways and I will continue to enter the contests. And at the moment, I'm going to see where it goes. I am working to become a professional speaker and also to coach other professional speakers. So I I think the Toastmasters Championship status would only help with that. I don't know yet how how long it will take to get there. I need to actually work out the action that I will have to take. Have you had other champions on this podcast out of interest? It's tradition. Every year we have the champion. We interview them. I thought you might. I'm going to have to go and listen to them to hear their journey and how they got there. Because if I can find out how they did it, I'll be able to work out how to do it myself. Success leaves clues. It does. It does. But it all takes an awful lot of effort. So it's easy to have the idea, oh, I want to become the world champion. And then when you break it down into how much will I actually have to do to achieve that? And is it taking away from my other goals or is it adding to my other goals, if that makes sense? A bit like, do I want to become a world kickboxing champion? There was a part of me that thought, that's the natural progression. That's where I've got to go with it. I'm the two times English kickboxing champion. I've got to do British, European, world. And I've actually realized I want to focus on my speaking now. All of the time and energy that I dedicate to fighting, I could put towards helping other people instead. And that's what I am deciding to focus on and do. Yeah, the world champions, each one of them has their own incredible, unique story. It's definitely worthwhile having listened to what they have to say. But you also mentioned that here are certain things that I want to do, but there's here certain things that I don't want to do. And of course, it takes a champion's mindset and a leadership mindset to be able to say, no, I'm not going to go in that particular direction because it's so tempting sometimes when you have these carrots in front of you and you go, wow, this sounds really interesting. Maybe I should go for it. But then, as you said before, if you go towards that, you're going to be taking away from something else. Yes. And it's it can be quite overwhelming if you're not careful. And I, especially in business over the last couple of years, I've had lots of advice from lots of different people. Some of it advice probably I didn't want, but they tend to try and push it on you in kind of like the online coaches, coaching coaches space um, about how you have to focus on only one thing. For example, I do kickboxing coaching, hypnotherapy, and public speaking. And the three things link really well. And had I chosen just one, I would have cut out other potential opportunities. So I do believe we have to focus, we have to have that vision. And that's where my, so I've got what I call a business black belt. I will be running a retreat in Thailand by March the 23rd, 2025. So everything I do, I ask myself, is it taking me towards that? or away from that. And that's how I work out what to commit to. Mm. So you're working backwards as well. 
right? Yes. Starting with what you want out in the future. Yeah, reverse engineering, I think it's called. Interesting. It's also a great method of storytelling and a great method of building a speech when you're trying to trim down that speech because we have a tendency of making things longer. We always have to cut. And the question is, this thing is interesting, but does it take me to that next place? Does it help me move forward? So I think that's a great strategy. Jess, I watched a video where you said that you're more focused on your own growth than on beating your opponents. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Because whether you're in the ring or on the stage speaking competitively, it would seem to be a challenge to maintain that focus, that mindset when you're engaged in an activity that's inherently competitive, where there's going to be a clear winner and a clear loser, (laughs) let's say. How do you maintain that focus in the midst of competition? We can only focus on ourselves. So to worry about what an opponent's doing or to expend energy thinking about or working out what they're going to do when we can't control what they're going to do. We can only control what we can do. So yes, you want to analyse the competition. You want to know their strengths and weaknesses perhaps so you can utilise it in a game plan. But that's actually more the coach's responsibility anyway. So using Toastmasters and public speaking as an example, I would imagine your mentor could help you with that. But when it comes to improving and growth and developing your skills, so using my public speaking as an example, I can't change the speech that another competitor is going to give I can only focus on giving the best speech that I can give and by putting the time and effort and energy into improving my own skills regardless of the outcome of whether I win or not I will win so to speak personally regardless of the result so I think it's the same fighting has a more win or lose there's two people in the ring and it's very competitive but If when I compete on that global stage, the world championships, I will absolutely want to come first and win. But there's no point in getting caught up in that pressure because that causes that stress, that fear mentality that I'm not good enough. What if they're better than me? And that negative thought spiral. So instead, flip that round and focus on the positives, becoming the best version of yourself, becoming confident in what you're delivering. And that will shine through. You'll be able to find that state of flow and you'll be able to deliver your speech or fight or compete or whatever it is you do to the best of your ability, and then your chances of winning are more likely to increase. Does that answer the question adequately? (laughs) I thought that was brilliant. And in fact, that's very similar in business. Quite often what will happen is someone will be so obsessed with their competition as opposed to, of course, you need to make sure you keep an eye on what your competition is doing, but you don't need to be focused and obsessed on it because that'll take away from your own business strategy. Yeah, I agree. And I I don't have the answer to what the perfect balance is, although perfection doesn't exist. But that so you you do want to be aware of the competition. But so often it becomes all consuming. From my previous experiences of the losing the fights, that was when I would almost obsess over what's my opponent doing? What if they're training harder than me? What if, what if, what if? It, It doesn't matter. Because there's 
an infinite number of hypothetical situations. All you can control is what you're doing. If you're too much in your head while you're in the ring, you could also get hurt. Yes, absolutely. So like going back to the public speaking, you're not physically going to get hurt. But again, <laughs> if you're if you're too much in your head and not enough present in the moment and um, bringing it back to your breath, bringing it back to your body, there's a lot of ways that it relates. So on the outside, kickboxing and public speaking don't seem related at all. And this was an interesting piece of feedback I got from Amy recently. She now thinks more about where her feet are when she walks around the stage she's more present in her body about what her shoulders are doing what her breathing most speakers at a certain level know about controlling their breath especially if they have a singing or voice coaching background perhaps and that is something that I would like to get um, further down the line I would like a vocal coach because I know that they can help with that there is a connection to being present being in the moment being in your body that helps you find that state of flow for fighting or for speaking or for anything creative or anything you want to achieve. That's so true. A lot of similarities. Jess, you have so much to share. And there's something else I'd like you to share on, if you would, please. With thousands of listeners to the Toastmasters podcast all around the world, no doubt there's someone listening right now who identifies with Jess Roper, specifically the Jess Roper before she ever put on those purple gloves. They're lacking confidence. They're lacking self-esteem. I'd like to invite you to put on your coaching hat for a moment. And what encouragement or practical steps could you give to someone in that situation, struggling with confidence, struggling with self-esteem to help them to begin to develop a more powerful mindset? That is a fantastic question and it doesn't have one simple answer because it will depend on the individual. So my advice to them, if they're listening to this podcast, would be to find someone, to find their mentor, their coach that they can get help from. Because I think often, especially when we feel stuck in that negative thought spiral and that criticizing ourselves, low self-esteem, all of these feelings that are holding us back. We struggle alone. We hide it away. We're fearing that judgment. But being able to open up to someone, being able to ask for help, being able to overcome that first difficult step. So for me, it was walking through those dojo doors and it was terrifying but afterwards once I had that support the same with Toastmasters that first meeting where you think ah they're all going to judge me and I don't know how to speak publicly once you get involved in that environment it does become easier there will be multiple steps the person can take from there on it's hard to give exact advice does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I think that's a brilliant place for people to begin. (laughs) Jess, you've given us some sage advice and you mentioned specifically if they are listening to this podcast, which would be a great reminder, folks, is that if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, if you've had a number of takeaways as we have from listening to what Jess has had to offer, I'd like to encourage you to share this episode with your friends and family and anyone else that you can think of. You can find the Toastmasters podcast at 
toastmasterspodcast.com, toastmasters.org, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many of the podcasting platforms. Ryan? Jess, thanks so much for coming on and sharing with us your inspiring story, your journey. It's going to be fun to watch your journey unfold. Gosh, I think you're uh, only a little bit more than one year into your Toastmasters journey. Um, so can you tell us where can our listeners go to follow along and watch what's next for Jess Roper? Well, they can connect with me on social media, Jess Roper on Facebook or LinkedIn. I am Jess Roper on Instagram or my website, IamFightingFit.co.uk. So your Instagram is I am Jess Roper is the actual Instagram handle. It is the actual Instagram handle. Yes, I am Jess Roper. Great. Thank you so much. We'll certainly put all of that information in the show notes so people can have access to that. Jess Roper, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure speaking with you today. All the best in your future endeavors. And thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you. Isn't it about time you publish that book you've been thinking about? We can help with that. At ebookit.com, we've been providing authors and small presses with ebook publishing services since 2010. Visit us today at ebookit.com and let us know how we can help you.